This is the intro jingle. This is the K-pop Devok Show with Eric Nam. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the K-pop Devok Show. I'm your host, Eric Nam, and I hope you guys have been doing well. Welcome to the show. If this is your first time, welcome. If this is your bajillionth time, equally welcome. Today, we have a great conversation with a great friend of mine. I'm super excited to talk to him. Um, and I think you guys are going to love him too. His name is Arman Malik. What's up, Arman? How are you? Woo! What's up? What's up? It's my debut on K-pop Dayback. I'm really, <laughs> really uh, super excited. Well, I'm excited to have you here. Um, well, I guess we should set the con- like, we should set the background just a little bit so people people have full clarity on what's going on. So, Arman, myself, and Kashmir. We put out a song called Echo, and I'm sure everybody knows, but just in case you've been sleeping in a cave under a waterfall <laughs> at the end of a tropical rainforest, now you know it's called Echo. And um, I guess today, for the purposes of our conversation, uh, it's to get to know you, Arman, a little bit better, and for our listeners and our audience to get to know you as well. Um, because I believe you are a self-professed listener of K-pop, a fan of K-pop. And um, now now you're kind of in it, right? Through association with me, you're kind of in the K-pop game and I'm kind of in the Indian music game as well. So it only I seems think fitting. Eric Nam has inducted me into the whole K-pop world. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, thanks for joining us. And, and um, I, I, you know, the other thing I have to say is like, I'm really excited because I feel like we've only talked online in certain contexts of just like, hey, how are you? Or like, what's up? But we've never really got, I've never really gotten to know you or like your background or your history. And so I'm actually really excited to do that. So I think a lot of the fans will get to know you, not just the musician, but the person, the man behind the mic, Arman. Let's get into it. All right. So uh, let's just, we're just going to jump into it. I guess, first of all, could you say hello to all of our listeners? Hey guys, I'm Arman Malik from India. I am a Bollywood playback singer. I'm also a pop singer, songwriter, and uh, I sing in a bunch of languages. I'm super excited to be here with Eric and uh, let you know a little bit about my life. Awesome. Well, I mean, you mentioned it yourself. So I, we're just going to start there. I've never heard of the phrase like Bollywood playback singer. And I think for a lot of people, like I, I did some research, I was trying to understand it. And I think I know what it is in general. But for the people who have no clue, what does that mean? Um, so Bollywood playback singer is a term used for singers who sing for actors who are on screen. So um, I'm sure you must have seen a bunch of Bollywood movies. And uh, just after one scene ends, there's a music video that happens and there's a song that comes in. And mm-hmm. the actor is singing, but it's not his voice. It's our voice. It's a playback singer's voice. I feel so deceived right now. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of people, a lot of people thought that the actor was actually singing, but that uh-huh. was not true. It's it's not true. It's it's us. We are singing, um, and uh, the term for that is playback singing because, um, well, even I don't know why it's called playback singing, but <laughs> it's called playback singing, and uh, it, it's 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 a very. Um, it, it's been a tradition, actually, mm-hmm. uh, playback singing for many years. Um, I uh, actually, I belong to a family that's been in the music business since mm-hmm. almost like it's been four generations of people in the Malik family who've been part of the music industry in India. So um, I have like this whole Bollywood, uh, you know, madhouse in my house. Uh, my uncle, my dad, my brother. My grandfather, all of them were into music. So I've literally grown up on Bollywood music and movies. I've been known to be a Bollywood playback singer for quite some time. And uh, 2020 is when I kind of took this whole new direction and started doing all this pop stuff and singer-songwriter kind of things, which was a, not a departure, I would say, but just a different lane that I believe was a part of me. But it, my, my fans didn't know that I had that side mm. to me. So uh, I kind of introduced them to a very new Arman Malik. Uh, so I'm I'm pretty uh, excited to talk to you about like how my world is and like how Bollywood playback singing is and then how I kind of like jumped into this whole yeah. uh, pop pop thing, you know? Super cool. Well, let's start from the beginning. I mean, you mentioned it yourself. You are from, you're the fourth generation of musicians in your family, which is incredible. Um, 
I know your father is a composer. Your brother is also a composer. Um, my brother is a composer. My father, my uncle, and uh, my grandfather as well. So, my gosh, um, what I mean? What, what was that like? I mean, growing up, you know, you were born into a family of musicians. A, I think that's really cool, um, and you probably get exposure to all sorts of music in ways that nobody can even imagine or dream of. At the same time. Did you ever feel like, uh, do I, do I follow in this family tradition of music or do I have to, did you ever feel pressure or was it something that was like, this is all I want to do? So my dad didn't want me to get into music at all. Really? He was like very hesitant. He was like, you know, you got to do your thing. My mom also like came from a very educational background and she wanted me to like complete my studies and, and, uh, you know, music was not something that they thought that would be a career for me. Uh, mm-hmm. They obviously encouraged me to take lessons and uh, start singing classes and stuff like that. I I started uh, learning Hindustani classical music when I was just four. So mm-hmm. um, like it's everything started very early on. But I never, uh, you know, got the vibe from them that they wanted this to be a career for me. So yeah, your parents really never, you know, encouraged it. Um, but you had, I guess, picked it up from a, from a young age. I did. Um, you know, for me. Um, it almost came naturally, you know, I, I belong to a family of musicians. I have it in my blood, you know, it was just mm-hmm. something so natural for me. At the age of three, I was, uh, you know, tapping rhythms and stuff like that and uh, going crazy all over the house. And my parents were like, wait, what's all, what's happening right now? Mm-hmm. And they were trying to process all of this. And before uh, I could even like talk, I was singing. So that's awesome. they were like, wait, this is this is uh, inborn talent in him. Let's kind of like, you know, get him into classes and see where this goes. Uh, they never thought of it as a career until uh, the age of nine. That's when I decided I want to do this for a living. It's <laughs> still so young. That's awesome though. I mean, to know from such a young age that this is what you want to do and pursue. But I think it's an, I think it's an Asian thing, right? All yeah. of us really start very early. I've, I've seen mm-hmm. that happen in a lot of uh, Asian countries that a uh, like kids start very early, like learning the piano. Yeah, and I mean, speci- the and stuff like that. Exactly, especially for like specializing things. Like even I think of like gymnasts or like athletes who start so early. Um, but I guess for you, like it was music, and I and the reason I I'm like wow, it's so young is because like traditionally, I I feel like entertainment is that one thing though that Asian parents aren't the most excited about pursuing from a young age, and so that's why I'm like, oh, that's really cool. But, you know, from a young age, you know, I saw that you were cast to be this, <laughs> the singing voice of Simba in The Lion King, as well as you were cast in Aladdin as well. How old were you and what was that like? Like, most of us watch these movies and are like, oh my god, this is the coolest thing. There's a singing lion. But you were the one that was singing. Like, that is so cool. So, um, I, I did that like very recently, uh, even though I've like, I started my career as a voiceover artist at the age of eight and nine, mm-hmm. uh, the Lion King and Aladdin projects actually popped, uh, like two years back. That's when oh, it actually okay, okay. happened. So they're newer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're, they're like the new, the new Lion King and the new Aladdin, uh, like so the, the live action five, ones, the live action ones. Yeah, you're correct. So that, that's the one that I was part of, but I've, I, I've been doing this since like the age of eight. So uh, okay. uh, before even I was a singer, I used to do dubbing and voiceover uh, acting. Yeah. That's so cool. Um, and and all these, you know, for, for people who don't know, uh, I'm just going to assume that you guys don't know all this because for me, I'm learning all this as well. But as I was doing research and, and reading into Armand's life and stuff, like this young man is so accomplished. Um he makes it sound so easy. Like, oh yeah, I just do like playback singing and I just sing for all these. I sing <laughs> for Lion King and Aladdin. Right. But you have won so many awards, right? So far, right? Just since 2015. So in like six years, you've won 19 awards. Yes, flex on them. Yeah. You're also the youngest <laughs> Indian singer ever to win the R.D. Burman Film Fair Award and Dada Saheb. Palke, which I probably messed up the pronunciation for. No, you. it, it was awesome. Actually, yes. a lot of Indians who are watching, who are going to be watching this, uh-huh. um, they are going to be so happy that you took Adi Barman and Dada Sai Palke's name because these two are legends of our country. Really? So, 
Well, yeah. I feel like I learn something every day when I'm talking to you. This is so great. Um, <laughs> but those that award is also India's highest award in the film in the field of cinema. So is that like the Oscars for the U.S. Pretty much? It is. Yeah. So um, the Filmfare Award is like um, like the Grammy or the Oscars. It's, uh-huh. it's the same, like like an equivalent in India. And uh, the night that I got that award, actually, um, it's a surprise award. They don't. Uh, announce the nominations before it's just oh. on the day of the event uh, they announce the award and announce the winner so wow. uh, my brother and I we both were part of it um, and uh, Amal got an award and I was like okay uh, I'm like we all, all all of us were celebrating I was not even thinking about like my award like I was thinking like will I get an award because they don't announce nominations uh-huh. and we all are ready to leave the venue because I'm like you know, dude I'm not gonna get it Mm-hmm. And they announce, and the award goes to Arman Malik. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 crazy because um, I was the youngest to receive that award as a mm-hmm. male playback singer mm-hmm. um, at the age of 20 is when I received it. And um, what was special for me at that point of time was um, my dad being in the industry. Um, he's waited to like attend that function and event uh, for like his entire career. Mm. And he happened to be there for the first time. And he picked up not only one award for Amal, but like another award for me. And uh, the funniest thing and the most curious thing, uh, before I could go to the stage, he ran to the stage and he grabbed the award before me. <laughs> <laughs> this is my, so, they're my kids. This is the same <laughs> family. So I, I, I think I have such fond memories of that award ceremony and, and uh-huh. that particular award. Um, it's, truly one of the most special things that have happened for me. Man, that's so cool. Um, and, and to have a brother and your father just kind of be there for that and experience with them, that's that's so cool. Um, I guess in, in regards to that award or, or just in general, like you've done so many songs. You've released over 200 songs, right? Yeah. And then you've done 86 specifically for Hindi films. And like, I feel like, and you also sing in like 10 or 11 different languages, which is wild. Um, how is this possible? Like, how is this physically possible? Like, are you a genius? Or is it like a robot inside your head where you're just like learning? Like, is it for context? Or And I know like India has so many different languages. And so it's like kind of necessary if you want to work in and out of different things to, to know them. But like, did it come naturally to you? Did it come easily to you? Because you did it from such a young age. I'm just kind of curious about that process. Um, so the thing is, um, in India, there's like every different, it has a different language. Mm-hmm. And uh, for me, um, I always wanted to connect to every different culture that's there in mm-hmm. India. Mm-hmm. Um, so Bollywood and Hindi music represents one part of our audience. Mm-hmm. But then there's, you know, there are pockets in, in, in India where the South India that has four languages within South India. Mm-hmm. Then there's Northeast India, which has uh, different languages. Then there's uh, West Bengal, which has another language. Uh, then North has Punjabi. So there's a lot of languages across India. And uh, my thing was that I wanted to be able to sing in all these languages to be an Indian singer and not just a Bollywood singer. Mm. Um, that's something that I really wanted to make sure that that's what sets me apart from it, you know everything, yeah. everyone else. And mm-hmm. uh, from the age of nine, uh, I started doing voiceovers and ads and jingles. So um, this composer just asked me like, okay, you just did the Hindi uh, version of this advertisement. Would you like to do it in like a Telugu or a Tamil? And mm. uh, so those are two South Indian languages. And I was like, uh, I haven't like done them before, but I mean, I'm, I'm down to trying it. So uh, I just went into the studio and, and uh, just delivered those lines. And they were like, yeah, that's, that's awesome. That sounds perfect. So uh, for me, um, I think the more I did those voiceover recordings and more of those jingles in those different languages, I got a taste of how it is to perform and uh, mm-hmm. switch, switch between Hindi and Telugu and Tamil. Everything has its own pronunciation, enunciation. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, there are some languages you have to roll the tongue and I'm like, wait, what do I do now? <laughs> so um, so it, it's, it's crazy, but it's so, it's so unique. And um, 
not a lot of people in india do that there are few singers uh, there mm-hmm. are singers like shreya goshal there are singers like sonu nigam these guys are truly legends of our yeah. playback industry and all of us kind of have this knack of singing in different languages it's not easy at all mm. uh, it's it just takes a very different skill set because when i go into a recording studio and they tell me okay today is uh, a telugu song and i just have this switch in my head which just goes and okay today is a telugu song i need to activate these parts <laughs> of my brain and whatever skill sets that need to be activated and it's it's pretty cool uh to go through that process right and it's the same like for me um i mean in the future i would love to do something in like a hindi korean kind of a thing with mm, you and that's you know so that cool. would be so interesting uh, i know like you know echo is a completely english uh, song um and i'm g- glad that it reaches out to even more people because right. it's in english uh but i i'm so keen on doing something which is hindi and korean yeah. and I, i'm keen i'm keen for you to sing hindi and me to do korean so like that'll be so that'll be, be so super sick. cool or maybe we even just to start like what if we did like a echo like korean and hindi version and we just flip the parts or so i don't know and then just put it on youtube just for like for sure oh, it's there just just for the culture i think yeah for the for the <laughs> culture and the people um let's I mean, do it that's 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 so cool and so awesome um i guess we skipped over a step of just me asking like who really influenced you obviously family was so influential um but are were there particular singers or actors or different people that really influenced your music and what you attach yourself to because I guess the other thing is like when you start singing from such a young age you're singing a lot of songs for people like in movies they're not your songs in that way so what really informed the type of music that you want to create that you love to listen to and perform okay so i have like uh, a cool story about that um yeah. we've all owned ipods right you you've had an ipod yes so i had this ipod nano um, mm-hmm. in high school and uh my brother filled those up with like really cool songs uh english songs western songs pop songs r&b everything and there was some uh acdc and metallica and everything uh-huh. in one ipod it was like a mixed bag and um i think that's that's like i would say uh in some way uh like my textbook on what i do right now in pop music mm-hmm. um it was it was my bible that ipod mm. nano it mm. it was something that it, that every day you know coming back from school i used to listen to songs on that and uh, i was listening to stuff from chris brown from uh, michael jackson and that's that's how i started getting into the whole western pop thing mm. my my traditional learning has been in indian classical uh, my my family uh, you know put me into classes very early on and to be a playback singer you need to learn uh indian classical music and get mm-hmm. those chops in yeah. uh because if you if if that's not a base for you as a vocalist you won't be able to perform like stuff in movies because uh songs in movies are just not uh you know just like okay it's a, it's just a romantic song sometimes it from a romantic song it just goes into another orchestral kind of thing and you need to access a very different part of your voice right. for those sections so uh indian classical music is what like strengthened my voice Hmm. and i feel it's because of that base and that tradition and the whole learning that i had as as a kid uh that kind of helped me uh you know open my voice and and learn all these r&b things and uh, uh the r&b runs that you hear in like r&b mm-hmm. songs so that's basically uh, uh when when i do indian classical it's a little slowed down version of that and different kind of intonations so wow. um because i learned classical music r&b and stuff like the runs and stuff became so much more easier to grasp for me as a, as a so vocalist cool. so that's where of, my yeah. interest <laughs> so that's why my interest went into r&b and pop and stuff like that and uh, at the age of 13 and 14 i went up to my dad and i'm like dad i want to do pop music mm. and my dad looked at me and he's like wait we're in india <laughs> this con- this country lives and breathes bollywood uh-huh. hindi music and you want to do pop music mm-hmm. and i was like yeah i want i want to do that that's that's something that i really feel passionate about yeah so he he sat me down and we he gave me a lecture for an hour mm. <laughs> about how i should pursue pop music 
after a few years uh-huh. make my base in indian music uh you know gain fans and uh you know create my whole artistry in india mm-hmm. first and then once i have all of that working for me then use that to do pop music so uh even though at that age i was disheartened because my my dad's like telling me don't do pop music now mm-hmm. i was like wait why is my dad discouraging me <laughs> but then now i look back on it and i feel like the whole training that i've had as a playback singer doing songs for movies uh singing in different genres and different languages that's prepared me for this stage of my life where right. i uh you know venturing into global pop and um i'm able to use those you know those tricks into my singing and sometimes they come out in echo even like the last part in echo is a little bit of an indian inflection ah, which is, yeah yeah so mm-hmm. that's a very indian indian kind of thing mixed with r&b pop so uh i think it's all those learnings that helped me do what i'm doing uh yes. right now so i just wanted to give you a back story of how the training and the music helped me i mean that's so cool and that's that's great i think that they go so hand in hand and it's really i think you bring up a good point of how important and how uh how should we say this like your younger years are so formative to so how important. you how you create music and, and that's like my thing about People are like why do you, why do we not have more asian musicians or ma- asian artists or whatever I'm like they're there but like in the states for example like we haven't seen a lot of artists that look like myself or yourself in mainstream media so from a, we need kids that starting at 8 9 just like you did and say I'm going to become a singer I'm going to be an actor and start honing their craft and that's where they pick up the skills and really get good at whatever it is um for sure And, and and that's like for me think, sitting yeah. in india i was just like looking at justin bieber and i'm like wait why isn't there someone from india doing this mm. like mm-hmm. you know like a kid of 14 15 doing pop music and like doing tours and world tours and that was unthinkable in india mm. it it was just like okay you have the set life of becoming a bollywood playback singer right no one else dreamt of anything else there was there was no world outside of that world and mm. i was like no there has to be a world and i need, yeah. I, i need to push through and i need to get this going for india well that's that's what you're doing and that's why it's so cool and and i think it's so cool to to talk to you about this stuff because you are that guy <laughs> you you are i need I, out, I, yeah. i i need that uh the tug life the glasses that come out. oh yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah that's what you got to get um but look i mean for you know you have so much success in india you have so many fans in india you are the youngest indian artist to do a world tour and perform at the ssc arena in wembley at the age of 21 um but the entire time you're like i'm going to i'm going to do this pop thing and so finally in march of 2020 you start doing pop music right um so you signed to i believe it was arista yeah i signed to arista records and um now you're doing music obviously in india but also just globally through english language stuff couple questions what was it like signing to a us record label and then what was it kind of like to be able to finally take the first steps in achieving your goal of becoming like this indian pop guy Um honestly all the times that I was touring and uh you know doing these concerts I was also you know itching to put in a few of my pop songs that I was making so I was I was on tour but when I was in my I was in my room I was with my guitar creating mm-hmm. pop songs and pop tunes which I knew would never see the light of day because I'm mm-hmm. in this Bollywood world I'm I'm right. only going to be doing this thing for life and um 2018 2019 is when i kind of like i i woke up and i was mm-hmm. like wait this is not something that i want to continue doing because there's an artist inside of me that really wants to come out and really mm-hmm. wants to showcase what he has inside yeah. and i i started taking trips to uh london los angeles doing writing sessions uh i started uh you know uh meeting producers songwriters and just opening up my mind as to how how that world could work for me mm-hmm. um a lot of people say that you know uh you know if it's not meant to happen it won't happen whatever it is mm-hmm. 
you know, for me, I felt like I needed to go and grab that opportunity. I, mm-hmm. I couldn't sit in India and wait for things to happen from, for me. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, I took that first step and, um, you know, I started doing these trips to LA and I started writing a bunch of songs and demos were going from, uh, you know, from one place to another. And it landed on the years of uh, David Massey, who is uh, the head of Alistair Records. And he happened to, uh, you know, contact me and, you know, he said, you know, I'm traveling to the UK for the Brits. Why don't you meet me then? Let's, let's talk about what, what do you want to do? And I was like, what? Really? Does that happen? Is, is that possible? And uh, so, so we took a flight to UK and uh, we talked at length about what, what my dreams are. And mm. um, they were really passionate about, uh, you know, India being the next big uh, Asian market mm-hmm. uh, for the world. And uh, they also saw that, you know, uh, that an Indian person hasn't broken out into the pop world as much mm-hmm. as they should have. Before. Right. Right, right. Uh, so it just it just seemed like there was a synergy between uh, both of us and where like we had this common goal that we wanted to achieve together and yeah I signed to Arista Records and it took a year for me to kind of t- transition uh, into the whole world of pop music because the songwriting is very different the process mm-hmm. of songwriting uh, what I was used to in India is very different from what was happening in, in LA or whatever huh. so uh do uh, you want to know how? how yeah, that could, I was just gonna ask. Could you tell me, like, what is it? What is the writing process like? So let's say in Bollywood or in India, and then how does that compare or contrast with, let's say, LA? Okay, so um, you've been to sessions in LA, so you know how it yeah. works. I mean, there's there's a producer, there's a song, there's a couple of songwriters. You're there, and you brainstorm on a couple of themes and ideas. What do you want to do? And uh, someone plays some guitar lick and, and it's thrown in there and then you just cut like verses right. and play around. So that's how the song comes to life in LA. That's what I learned. But in India, it's very different. Um, so I'm going to say it like from a very film Bollywood perspective of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so the so the director, who's the director of the movie, um, identifies the portion in the movie that he feels a song would fit. Uh, in between two scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he, he comes with that situation to a composer. A composer is given the responsibility to kind of create the soundtrack for the movie. Right. And the director comes with that situation and the composer kind of understands where that is going and what, what it needs to lead to because the song needs to lead somewhere into another scene. So he needs to know how it starts, how it ends. He creates kind of a mood board of where that song should go. And he creates a tune or he asks a lyric writer, a specific lyric writer who writes the lyrics for the song, to write words for the song according to the situation. So uh, you know how it is. You know, the lyric could come first, or the melody could come first. Mm-hmm. It could be either either mm-hmm. way. Uh, but there's there's very defined roles. The composer is the guy who only creates the melody, who creates mm-hmm. the tune, the top the top lining that we that we say uh-huh. in LA. Yeah. Um, and the lyric writer only writes the words. So the lyric writer does not contribute in the melody and the, 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 the guy who's the composer only creates the melody. So they have these individual aspects that they work on. And once okay. the song is locked in, like the melody and the lyrics are one together and we have like um, verse one, verse two, bridge, whatever, everything is sorted out. That goes to a producer with like a cue oh. box of mine or another singer and then the producer sits with that cue box and that composition and then creates the whole sonic space for that song. Wow. And then I come into the picture once the song has been produced and wow. then cut the vocals finally. So it's a, it, wow. I would say, I would say it's a little bit of a disjointed process, uh-huh. but that's how it kind of works here because uh, we, we're so used to it. It's kind of tradition mm-hmm. now to kind of follow this whole pattern. Right. But we are break we are breaking that now. Like like musicians like me, there are younger musicians who are so used to the songwriting process that happens in the West. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of bringing that wave into India as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the traditional way of like composing a song and making a song is, I, I feel so sacred to the community yeah. here that we we're so used to this whole process. So for me, literally, when I when I leave Bombay. I have a different side of my brain that opens up and I'm like, okay, now the LA door opens for me mm. in my head. <laughs> so it's, it's really cool, man. 
I, that's really cool. And I, I also understand that for me, like, I think K-pop can be kind of similar. And and listening to you explain it the way that it, I process it this time is like, oh, like India and like, it's even Korea, a lot of Korea. It's like, there's more intentionality and it's more specialist. So like, I'll be honest, like, I'm not the strongest with lyrics. I know that. So like, I rely on a lot of my co-writers. Yeah, that's me. Like I have, I I'm I feel good about melodies. I can come up with melodies for days, but it's lyrics where I'm like, oh man, I'm just not the best with my words. But in Korea, for example, like I know there are people who are just great lyricists and that's the only thing they do. And so sometimes if I need to do a Korean song, I'll write in English, I'll write in LA. I'm like, you guys, honestly, let's be very real. Lyrics don't matter because I'm going to get this put into Korean. And I take it to Korea and then I have a lyricist that will sit there for days and just like come together with like a great poetic piece. Um, and that's like the one thing that I wish LA had more of. Like really great lyricists who I could just send my stuff to. I'm like, can you just make this better? Um, <laughs> but just because… That's you know, wild. Yeah. But as you know, the nature of it, it's like everybody's just in the room and they're just like chilling and they just kind of vibe out. And like, what do you want to talk about? How are you feeling? And, and that's how it often goes. Um, it was interesting. I was in a session, I think yesterday or the day before or something. And um, I met some like new writers and I was like following them on Instagram. And I, was, and I saw that you had mutual follows. Like you guys were following each other, like a couple of them. And then I was like, oh, oh who's that? I don't remember. But I think the one I know, that I do remember I know is… Sad Alex is yeah. a mutual friend of ours. Yeah. Sad. It was her birthday yesterday. I saw her yesterday too. Oh, yes. Yeah, um, yeah. She was definitely one of them. But I was like, oh, I guess like… And I didn't even know this. I, I was like, oh, I guess like Armand's been, been, been spending time out here just like writing and stuff. Um, but, it's, but it's really cool. It's, it's cool also because I feel like our lives are parallel in some ways. It's just you're the Indian version of doing that here. And I'm the Korean version <laughs> of doing that here. I feel, I feel the same. You know, there's so many people who ask me. So how… Like how… Uh, what do you feel about Eric? I feel like… Eric is like my long lost brother from another country. I feel like he's living the same life that I'm living. It's just, we're coming from two different industries and now we mm. want to kind of transition into this whole pop so- singer songwriter thing that we want to do. So yeah, I think no. it's, it's cool. I, I And I think I've, I've only found that out as we've continued to talk and like do this stuff. I'm like, oh man, there's like, I, I mean, musically it works and like musically it makes sense. But like, as I'm doing more research, I'm like, oh wow, there's like a lot of similarities even beyond that between the two of us, which I thought was really, was really cool. Um, so I guess like, so you did Arista, you've been songwriting, you've been doing all these different things. Um, what was it like though, when you were able to put out your first English song? Like, I'm sure that was a very special moment for you in many ways. Um, can I be honest here? Yeah. I think. When Control released, uh, I remember that day really clearly, uh, 20th of March, 2020. Um, I was like, my debut song is released. It's my first song ever. Yeah. Like I've, I've sung 200 plus songs, but for me, when Control released, I felt like a baby. Like I was, I was like, I was dancing in the house and my parents were like, what's happened to this kid? (laughs) And I, I told them, mom, my song's released, dad, my song's released. And they were like, okay, cool, awesome. That's congratulations. Yeah. They were happy for me, but they were like, wait, what's happening to him? I I just feel like um, I've had this in me for so long. I've mm-hmm. I've waited for so long to do do what I'm doing right now, and it's just unreal that I'm already on my fourth song, and my fourth song is a song with you. It's my first international collaboration. It's just a dream that I'm kind of living in. When Control released, I was I was just uh, I I don't think I was I was on Earth. I was I was on mm. some other planet mm. for sure. That's I mean yeah I feel like everybody remembers that first song that first release um, yeah and I guess for you it's kind of like this second chapter of like what you've always wanted to pursue and and go after so that's that's so exciting. Um, you mentioned that this, you know, Echo, it's, it's your fourth song. It's your first international collaboration. Um, and again, I'm, I'm so honored to be a part of that first collaboration. I, I think I said this in an interview we were on and I was like, I still remember my first uh, song, obviously, but also the collaboration and like it, it forever holds like a very dear, special part in my heart. Um, and so I'm, I'm very honored to be a part of that. But I guess for people who don't know, 
um, we should tell them a little bit about Echo, right? Like how yeah, the song sure, came man. together. Um, I guess maybe the best way is to to say like you and Niles worked on it. Niles is Kashmir um, in LA together. I guess this was on one of your songwriting camps or trips. Yeah. So um, um, it was actually it was it was the trip that I went to shoot Control's video. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And I shot the video and uh, Ayushman, my manager, uh, he kind of, uh, you know, said that we're going to Niles' house. So mm. I was like, okay, cool, let's go. And uh, Niles was just chilling there. And then we were hanging out and he played me a bunch of music. And um, Echo was one of the ideas that he played. Mm. And I was like, wait, that's such a cool melody. Mm. Um, and like, I would love to do something with that. And he was like, go for it man like just record your vocals I was like wait already like I just came to hang out <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, I, I went into the recording booth uh, which is which is literally his closet mm-hmm. so <laughs> I was I was there in, in Kashmir's closet however crazy that sounds yeah. <laughs> and recorded Echo's vocals there like the first draft obviously I recorded re-recorded when I came back to India um, and yeah I think the journey for that song started then um, and uh, I, I came back and the pandemic was there in the right. world and we, we obviously couldn't travel. I had the song on me and we were thinking of releasing it as a single. Uh, Kashmir was kind of like indecisive about what he wants to do with the track. And mm-hmm. like he had an album coming and um, I, I remember that I had a few Hindi releases. So we were like, okay, cool. Uh, we'll, we'll think of a time when we come back to the song. Yeah. And then... Uh, Eric and Arman kind of bumped into each other on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, it was so cool, you know. Um, Honestly, I was was on Twitter and just going through uh, a couple of tweets and a lot of my fans had tagged me in a post that you put out saying that are there any cool Indian singers that Mm. you know? Right. Um, I remember that's where it started. That's what it was. That's where it started. That's where it started. I'm and so glad you of- remember that because I'll be honest. I have I literally have the worst memory like about anything. People are like, "Remember this?" I'm like, "No." Like we had dinner at that restaurant. I was like, "I don't know who you are," but like this happens to me all the time. And so I was like, "I know." I, I was like, "There's so many different ways that we could have connected." I'm sure it was on Twitter, but I couldn't pinpoint it, and it was bugging me. Um, but I'm I'm glad you remember. <laughs> it was that tweet. Okay. And okay. Then- okay. A lot of my fans tagged me on that uh, with a bunch of other singers. Uh, and I was like, wait, who is this guy? Let's check him mm. out. And then I went to your Spotify and then I think we had a bunch of stuff released. And uh, um, at the same time, I think a few a few weeks later, uh, I think you discovered my music and said like, I, I heard Arman's music and it's like really dope and stuff yeah. like that. I think that was one tweet that he put out. And at the same time, I was seeing a show um, called, uh, wait, what's that show with Phil? Uh, that food show? Oh, somebody Feed Phil. Yeah. So I was obsessed with that show. And oh, um, man. I, uh, we went to that episode where uh, he went to Korea mm-hmm. and uh, you were there in that episode. <laughs> and uh, they were eating something so interesting. Tteokbokki, is that, is that what it's oh, called? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Rice cake, like spicy yeah. rice cake. Yeah, so I... Yeah, sorry if I uh, no no it was it wrong. good. I took a picture. I I took a story of that and posted on my Twitter, and everyone like flipped out. Like, how does Arman know about Tokboki? And then there's <laughs> Eric Nam in that show and stuff like that. And then I uh, I, I think I, I replied to your tweet as well, saying that I love your music because I chanced uh-huh. upon your music after that show. And uh, I think in that show uh, there was this guitar part. And I was like, wow, I love that guitar part. It's something that I would put out. So mm. I I went to Spotify and I was like, let's let's search what, where is the song of Eric. Yeah. And and then it was your sexy I'm sexy. I, I love that song, bro. <laughs> I absolutely thank you, thank love you. that song. I it, it's I, I I played it like like for 50 times when I heard it first. And I was like, this is so <laughs> sick. This is absolutely sick. Thank you. And then I tweeted to you and then we connected and then obviously the rest is history. Man, well, I'm so glad that history played out the way it did. Um, Because, you know, we put out a great song, but also I feel like I have an Indian brother, which is is awesome. Um, 
I can't yeah. wait to come to Korea, man. I'm so I like I I'm I'm so jealous of the stuff that you guys eat. Oh, the dude! Time. Like it's it's like it's when you come, make sure you're not on a diet or anything. Just make sure you're ready to eat and like just just stuff your face because it's it's delicious. Let's go, man. Let's plan one. <laughs> no, it'll be a lot of fun. Um, yeah. So I mean, you know, we put Echo out on. What wait? What month are we in? We're in May, right? Twenty. Yeah, I think Eric is lost. <laughs> I'm always like, what is happening? Um, it was like May twentieth, right? Twenty twenty first. Yeah, twenty yeah, first. May. 21st. I know your schedule more than you. You had this Levi show happening on twentieth, twenty first. I'm like, I, I, I think I know Eric's schedule more than Eric oh, knows. This is so embarrassing. <laughs> this is so embarrassing, man. Um, yes. So May twenty first, Echo released. May 20th, I had a bunch of stuff, but we had been on, on calls together all day and stuff. But um, May 21st, the song released. It's been out for less than a week. And we have, I think, like 6 million views on It's on going YouTube. to 7 now. It's going to 7. Oh I, think it, it, yeah, I think it should be 7 by the time this comes out. So I mean, I think by the time yeah. this comes out, it'll be 10. Um, maybe, <laughs> hopefully 10 million. It's doing, like, the love that, you know, Spotify and Apple and all these DSPs have shown us has been incredible. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, I love seeing these fan reaction videos. Have you seen any of these? I, I, I've seen them. I've seen them. They're incredible. They, they, Which one have you seen? I've seen like 10 of them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there's this guy with, uh, with glares on. Have you seen that one? Probably. With Indian guy? No, so he's a Korean dude. Oh, wait. Oh, and... no. I saw that one last night. I saw that one okay, last and, night. And I expected, you know, he's... Okay, he's he was very zoned out when he was yeah. listening to the song. Yeah. And then he was like, Oh, Eric Nam, Korean guy. <laughs> and I was like, I thought you would know that when the song came up. Like it, it <laughs> When it said he, Eric Nam, yeah. Well, it's interesting. Like a lot of people, like this happens all the time. Whenever I put stuff out in English and I, I'm not in Korea to promote it on like radio or TV shows, people are like, oh, like there's a pop artist named Eric Nam. I wonder if it's the same Eric Nam. I'm like, you guys, there's only, there can't be that many Eric Noms who are singers. And so even in Korea, I, when I look at like English song releases, it's like, is this Eric Nam the Eric Nam that we all know? I'm like, yes, <laughs> it is me. Um, oh God. I saw one where it was a family of like five people. It's like two little brothers, a sister, a brother, and like dad. And they're all just sitting and staring at the screen. And they just watch in silence the entire time. <laughs> I just thought it was, I just thought oh it was the, the funniest and the cutest thing. Because like the two little brothers, I don't think they have any idea what's going on. But they're just like there just like watching. And I was like, this is cute. You have to send me this. I want to see it. I'll send it to you. I just, I just <laughs> laughed so hard because uh, I thought it was really cute. Um, but yeah, man, like I guess briefly, let's talk about like, Echo the lyrics when you were put when you put your verse together and like I guess the, the hook and everything because I guess for people to understand the full context like I got a version with your vocals on it and then I went in wrote second verse lyrics and then put my vocals on it so it was uh, it was all over the internet but it was a pretty I think collaborative process of putting the song together you know but lyrically what were you thinking when you know you put the words together for this um so um. There's a writer friend of mine, Natania, who's been part of my um, English pop music since the beginning. Okay, mm. she was the one who actually pushed me to kind of come to LA and do songwriting and mm. and kind of explore this whole world. So she's the one who's co-written uh, this song uh, with me, uh, the first verse uh, that we came up with, and um, I think it was just such a a common emotion that yeah. a lot of like friends and couples and everyone around me was going through. Um, and especially because of the pandemic, a lot of people were going back and forth and they're like, well, should we go ahead with this relationship? Should we not? Should we put it, you know, put an end to it? And uh, a lot of it was like, just because they were far away from each other and they couldn't meet. And um, I just felt that emotion was so relatable to everyone around the world because yeah. we're all going through it. We're, we're all kind of away from the people we love and that's causing a lot of tension that's causing mm -hmm. a lot of um you know friction between the two people and i think that was the emotion that we worked and built upon um and just the word echo um 
is such a cool word to play with because that that emotion just comes through with that word I, i mean you don't need even if you don't put any word with echo it just says so many things right is the word echo right so i i think it was just beautiful how it all came together uh we've been going back and forth like an echo mm-hmm. it's a very simple line but it just kind of it it resonates with a lot of people yeah. on so many levels so that was the idea that we kind of built upon and um we had written some kind of a dummy second verse for you to kind of get an idea mm-hmm. uh when we sent it to you and uh, we were like no let eric do his thing but i just wanted to give you some kind of like vocal reference or something like that and um you did your parts obviously uh, i i think in korea yeah i did uh, it in korea yeah it was i was like i was like man echo is such a simple word but it works so good and i was like how did we not think of this before um and that's and i was like oh wow like and and, and like you said echo has so many different connotations and different ways that you can take it um but i just remember it, it was like when i first got the song and like the lyrics i was like this just feels like a tortured relationship not in like a this is like a horrible <laughs> way but just like you know like you have what like even if you love this person you go like you go back and forth in and out of love in and out of fights and all that kind of stuff and so for me it was like my verse it was like this fighting like i don't know why i had this Im- image of like people just being like i hate you but i love you and i freaking hate you and like it's like that torture where you love them but you can't let them go and it's just everything kind of repeats and echoes and reverberates and uh, i think that's kind of i think that's where my head was at when i was putting my verse together but um really cool i love how s- you changed like the melody in certain parts and made it uh, your own which i think was, i i was really um Uh, you know looking forward to you changing the color of the track towards the second verse because that's what it needed mm-hmm. uh throughout the song actually the chord progressions are pretty much similar yeah. throughout the song but what adds that variation is when you change the the tune there and um mm. when uh when we come back together uh, when we trade off lines dude i was so scared for that part i was like wait i've done my portions <laughs> i've i've done my portions i think eric's going to do something I don't know how the hell Kashmir is going to piece it all together and yeah. how it's going to sound. It might just be noise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> This could be horrible. This could be the worst. <laughs> Let's pray to God it's not. But and then we'll be like cancel. We're not going ahead with this collaboration. <laughs> Bye. Yeah, and how do we tell how do we tell people we're like, "Oh, wait, uh this this is not going to work out." Um, but I'm so glad it did work out. I was nervous cuz I remember I was like How are they going to piece this together? Is it going to be like we keep going like literally back and forth or like I don't know, but um I do remember being like okay, I'm just going to cut a bunch of different things and then I'm sure Niles Kashmir will be able to like piece it together because he's that producer genius that he is. And he did. So thank thank the Lord. Um it worked out that he way. He came through. <laughs> he did. He did. Also, big shout out to to Kashmir Niles who like I think I, I I think it's it's like it's easy for singers to always be in the forefront cuz we're like singing it but like yeah. his track and his production and like the idea and everything I think So sick. We we got to shout him out. I'm a huge fan of his like um I I I I saw an interview of yours where you were mentioning like a G6 was a jam for you. Yeah. Dude, I used to party to that song with my friends like back in oh. the day all the time. All the time. All the time. <laughs> Um, and far east movement was like such a big thing at that point of time and they were one of the first few asians to kind of like they were on the bill, billboard i believe right? they were the first asians to get number 1 on billboard which is huge um isn't that so cool it's so wild and i didn't even realize like i i think eddie had told me like in the past like yeah like Kashmir is actually, you know, he was on like a G6. I was like, "What?" And then I forgot it. Like again, this goes back to my horrible memory. And then I saw him uh I saw Niles at the video shoot and he was like, "Yeah, like like a G6." I was like, "Oh, right. You did like a G6. Oh my god." Um and I, I had a little fanboy moment, but um yeah, it, it it's a big shout out to to Kashmir. Everybody, go go listen. To I get confused stuff. what to call him. I call him Niles sometimes. I call him Kashmir. and um half the people are like wait who are you referring to so you were lost <laughs> yeah. and i'm like the same guy, I, so i always say i always say niles kashmir 
uh-huh. and then and then continue everything else. Give him two but names. I, I I love the dude. I think he's just so amazing with what he does, and um, he's just an absolute beast of a producer. He's he, amazing. He absolutely is. Um, it would have been funny if we were doing this together, but we would probably just go in circles of uh, of us just cracking jokes and not getting anywhere. <laughs> Uh, um, okay, so we have like a lot of fan questions for you. A lot of Armani okay. who have left some questions okay. for you. Let's, let's go. check them out real quick. Ah, let's go. We're going to start with a very simple question. All right, this is from Instagram on Muskan K. Pawar. says, what thing… Oh man, I'm glad I don't have to answer this. What is it in music that connects people and what is music to you? I'm just going to leave you there and you can go off. <laughs> Can you repeat that question, please? Yeah. I, I think it's like, what is it about music that connects people? And okay. what is music to you? Okay, so I would answer that in a very simple way. Music is very different for different people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for a musician, for me, I cannot listen to a song um, just for what it makes me feel. Mm. I don't know. It's just as a musician… As soon as I hear a song, I start dissecting the melody. I start uh, like thinking about like what chord progressions have been used. Um, how is he arriving on on the hook? Mm-hmm. Those are the things that run in my mind. And a lot of my friends like they they take me for like concerts, like and stuff like that. And I'm like, please don't take me because when you take me, I'm analyzing everything. I'm I'm a musical nerd. So for me, instead of going and you know enjoying the music, I'm like. On my phone, okay, entry song, intro song, okay, Pyros went here, and then, okay, uh, this beat dropped, and then this is what happened. So I listen to music very differently, and music, um, even though it, I do feel the emotions what music like gives me, but I, the, first, the first thing that I feel when I listen to a piece of music is, is what, what it attracts me towards like musically what's what's the one thing like when i hear charlie Puth's stuff i'm like wait the chords and the bass line wow i'm into the song so that's how i look at music Mm. but obviously when there are songs that are so bad that there's there's no scope of you to kind of think like okay this is the chord progression or this is this is what the the part or the beat or whatever it is just a guitar and and voice Acoustic unplugged stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and even when it comes to K-pop, you know, I, a lot of people really love the whole peppy dance, upbeat mm-hmm. kind of K-pop. And I'm like the guy who's who loves all those winter songs and the ballad songs. Uh-huh. And, yeah. I'm just that that kind of guy. And uh, in those kind of like those kind of genres, I really relate to the lyrics because that's where the lyrics really hit me. Uh-huh. So to answer her question, I know I went kind of into the whole musical zone of things. I think music means different things to different people. Uh, for me, um, if I had to describe music in one, wo- uh, one word, it's, it's me. The entirety of me is music. Mm. I can't take that away from me. Awesome. Very well said. Um, you, you whatever I, I, I made sense of whatever I could and, and gave that answer. I don't know. <laughs> I have no clue what I said. Um, when fans see this, please, uh, please. It made don't, sense. Don't uh, worry. It make worked. Make fun of me. <laughs> it, worked. it worked. It worked. Um, this is, this is, uh, not from a, a fan, but I feel like it was probably because we had so many people ask this that we just didn't, we didn't have like a single person. What other K-pop artists would you love to work with or collaborate with? I think there are so many K-pop artists that are so cool and what they're doing right now is so commendable. I've always been a fan of EXO. I've, mm. I'm, I'm a huge fan of uh, the group and uh, I'm particularly a very big fan of Chen. I love mm. his vocals. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this one song of his uh, which is Beautiful Goodbye, I think. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you've heard that song. And uh, I'm sure you've heard that song. Sorry, yeah. I'm, I'm like obviously. No, a part no, of no, no. How stupid of me! No, no, no. <laughs> I honestly, there's so many releases, but I know that song was very, yeah. very popular um, a few years yeah. back. So, yeah. I um, so that's that's the kind of like K-pop I gravitate towards, and EXO is definitely one of my favorites. So, um, if I get a chance to collaborate with them, I would love to. And uh, I do know that. You know, Chen, I think, is in the military right now. He's, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. you know, 
But when he comes back, please, people tell him Arman Malik is here. He wants to do something with him. <laughs> I love his voice. <laughs> I I really love his voice. I think he's got a beautiful tone and a beautiful range as well. I've seen a couple oh, of his yeah. his videos where um, I'm like, whoa, that's super high. Right. So right. I I I love I love EXO and I love Chen and there's also Kai I think from the group who's really cool. So. Uh, Wait, so we got, a, really we got a very real XOL right here. Uh, you're a, very, <laughs> a very sincere XO fan. Um, yeah, I mean that would be so cool. And and um, let's see. So who are your who are your favorite like K-pop artists right now in your industry? Like who do you oh, feel man. is like really cool? I mean, honest, like everybody says BTS and Blackpink because they are they're super cool. You know, it it is what it is. Um, I can't deny that. I think other people who are kind of like… They're lesser known right now. I should say. It's like BB. Um, who's a cool female artist. Also… Um, this girl named Moon. Who I just kind of stumbled upon her stuff. Uh, my friend Davi. He's like a great producer. But also does like his own singer-songwriter artist thing as well. Um, so I don't know. I feel like I've been doing a lot more… less Less of the… Big K-pop kind of things. But I've been getting a lot more into like the indie underground. Uh, not hip-hop but like R&B scene. Um, and that's where I, I've been hearing a lot of things. Like oh that's really interesting. That's really cool. Um, Are there a lot I, of solo yeah. artists there? Are there a lot of solo artists? I say on the indie underground. Yes. R&B. Yes. When it comes to like K-pop. Pop. What everybody thinks about. Like not too many. It's like. It's IU. Who's like. The biggest like solo solo. And then everybody else I feel like who's a solo artist was in a group at some point. So they're all like, you know, Pekyon, he's part of XO. You know, Kai has solo stuff, but he's part of XO. Temin, part of Shiny. So I think it's not as common to find solo artists who have started as solo and like kept their way as solo. Um, Got it. So yeah. But there there are. Um, just not as… As many as I'd love for them to be. Because I think it's just hard. Solo in Korea is hard. Like I speak from the experience of like… I've always been jealous of groups. Because if you're in a group… And you have eight members. Like you're going to take this. You're going to take that. That, that, that. And everybody has a different specialty. And then when they come together as a group… There's a synergy. But for me it's like… I was always tired. Because I was like… I have to do the TV, radio… And like the events and everything. But I'm one person. Where everybody else can like split it up. And I was always jealous of that. <laughs> but you know. It, it just makes me stronger is, is the way I like to see it. Um, Alright we have one more question from a fan. Uh, it's from J1K2Su. Indian music scene has been very traditional. People are mostly exposed to songs from movies. So being from that traditional background… Did you have any apprehensions when you first released your pop song? Obviously putting music out… In English was like a big goal for you. But anything that made you like a little worried or nervous or anxious before you kind of jumped into it? I was petrified. Really? Why? I was. Because um, Eric, I'm like a true blue Bollywood playback singer. Mm-hmm. Okay. And when you're so deep into this part of the world and what, what do you do here… To kind of break away from that and make a whole new different thing happen for you. For me in my head and probably for my fans thought I was I was leaving this part and mm. catching that part and going ahead. So I had to really uh, be very, uh, uh, you know, careful of how I tread and how I break this whole news to my fans. Mm-hmm. Which is why before I actually made the move, a few year, like a few years before that on my social media, I introduced fans to the side of English music. I dropped a few covers here and there and wanted them to know that this is a side of Arman that, you know, we, we know that it's there. And mm-hmm. I've talked about it in a lot of interviews where uh, they ask me, oh, what are your future goals? And I'm like, I want to do stuff internationally. I want to do stuff yeah. globally. And I, 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 like there were small little like seeds that I'd sown over the last few years uh, for people to pick up on when I eventually do that like do make that shift. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was scary because I have this really fierce fan base uh, for my Bollywood songs. Mm. And uh, I see a few of their comments on my English songs like, 
why don't you just say, stick to hindi why don't you doing yeah. why, why why are you doing this and uh, i'm like in a few years you will know that this is this is what was meant for me i feel like uh-huh. this is my calling as an artist right now i know that a lot of my fans do feel connected to the arman malik that they've known but it is my responsibility to kind of uh, you know show them this new side of me mm-hmm. and um take them there i cannot i cannot just one day get up and say okay i'm doing this now i've left like this mm-hmm. part of my life even today uh, honestly i ha- i have a new uh hindi song coming out into uh, coming out tomorrow oh wow um so and 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 there's just continuous releases that are coming so um i can never uh, and i don't want to it's 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 a part of my identity it's it's who who i am i am arman malik because of the bollywood songs that i've sung and Mm-hmm. The, the the work that i've done in the indian uh, film industry but that does not mean that i want as an artist i want to get limited to that right i i want to break out and do stuff that i've always wanted to do um if i didn't have that courage if i didn't have that passion i don't think we we we'd see you know uh me up there on those billboards on on you know doing things and people are really like wow that's that's one of the first few indians who's done that and i'm like dude if i had not taken that step i don't know who would because right. i've never had someone in my country to look up to like okay this person is going international i want to follow in those right. in in that person's footsteps just like you said i never saw someone in the west who you know was from our part of the world who mm-hmm. you know at the grammys or was uh, doing that thing on on the billboard charts and stuff obviously now uh, bts and other acts are now cracking those things for uh, korean artists So similarly for for India and Indian artists I was yearning for something to happen mm-hmm. and for a long time and I was like wait if nothing is happening I want to make it happen so mm-hmm. um I just to answer that question uh I I feel like it took a lot of courage mm-hmm. uh, a lot of strength for me to uh take this you know kind of make this move um now my time is split between doing bollywood and indian stuff and doing english pop and i want all my fans to know that this is a part of my life that i'm never going to leave because it is it is me it is arman malik but this is something that i'm going to go forward and do probably a little more off in the future and yeah. that is okay and i want them to know that it's okay because that is the true artist inside of me that wants to come out and i want all my fans to embrace it amazing yeah no well i mean look you you started so young and you still are so young and there's so much more that you can do and that you will do and you must do for yourself but also for the people and for the culture and everything so um i think fans will will be along for the ride i'm i'm so glad to be a part of that ride and um i hopefully we can do more cool things together in the future yeah um so we've been talking for for over an hour now and i don't know how that happened but Um I know you have a lot of things to prep and then it's it's late there. It's it's it is it is uh, 11:30. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah. So we got to let night. you go. And But um, I'm 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 a, I'm a late night guy so that's fine. All good. All right. Well, <laughs> Arman, thank you so much for making time for the show. Um uh, for the Tebox show. Always great always good catching up with you. And I hope we could do this in person sometime. Like we've done this in every way possible on the internet, but we just haven't been able to hang out in person. We have to, and I think that we have planned uh, to link up uh, in the next few months. So we're going to make yes. that happen. We'll do that. And I want to surprise you and say, "Come some nida." Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you and your uh, now you speak twelve languages. This is ridiculous. Yeah. No, but um, Eric, Eric has to train me properly in in Korean. So we we're gonna do that. We're gonna do a crash course in in we'll uh, Korean and K-pop. <laughs> amazing. But amazing. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that I got to talk to you. And uh, you know, when I talk uh, to you, I don't, I I don't feel like, um, you know, I'm talking to a stranger or someone I don't know. I just feel like I've known you for a long time. I've mm. I've expressed this in a lot of interviews, and they were like, "How did you feel uh, talking to Eric and like collaborating with him?" I was like. Dude, I I feel like I've known this guy like since long, <laughs> and I feel like we connect on so many levels. Yeah. Um. It's it's unreal the kind of connection that we have even through a phone screen. So I'm I'm sure right. that we're gonna bring the house down when we meet. <laughs> It'll be a lot of fun. We're gonna have a lot of fun, and and I feel the the love is mutual, and I feel the same way. So, um. Again, like I'm so glad to have gotten to know you over the past, I guess, year year now. Um. All through the internet. Um. You know there. 
we just put out Echo. People are loving it. But as you just alluded to, you always have other things rolling out. Like what can people, what can fans look forward to in the near future? What should they keep their eyes and ears open for? Uh, well, I have a new song, which I, I, I feel like uh, would have already been out when this comes out. It's called Kya Kya Hai Tune. Um, it's in Hindi. And I, Kya what does that mean? Tune. Yeah. Uh, what have you done? What like oh. um, you you've you've wrapped me in in your love and like it's it's oh. like yeah okay. like what what magic is this? What have you done? So okay. that's 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 what it says. Kya kya hai so um, this is a song that uh, we've uh, like me and my brother. He's composed it and I've mm-hmm. uh, sung it. And uh, there's another female singer, Palak, who sung this song with me. And I'm really looking forward to uh, you know fans listening to it and uh, giving a lot of love to that because I feel like it's. It's the romantic ballad song that everyone wants mm. me to sing. So I'm, I'm finally doing that after a long time. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, there are a couple of uh, cool collaborations as well okay. that I've kind of like planned. Uh, so hopefully in, in the next few months, if like, um, you know, the situation kind of like, uh, you know, helps us to probably meet and do a video, do mm-hmm. a song together. I, I feel like I'll get that on flow soon. And I have Hindi singles coming out. So oh my gosh. Um, a, bu- a bunch of stuff. I, I need to navigate. Like tomorrow I have, I have a song in some other language. And then the day after I have another <laughs> language. And I, d- I don't know what I'm going to do. This man but... doesn't stop. He doesn't stop, guys. <laughs> but it's all good. But I'm really excited. I'm yeah. really excited for all the stuff that uh, follows. And uh, there's a bunch of stuff across different languages. Uh-huh. And uh, I have like so many songs in my phone right now, which I want to release, but obviously, uh, it's going to take some time. <laughs> I can't believe it's all, it's all in here. And, I know, right? It's, it's uh, yeah, wild. And, and then soon it's everywhere in the world. That's so, very yeah. true. Well, everybody look out for these new collabs and singles and Kalakia Te Une. I've completely butchered that. Sorry. Okay. I'm going to make you say it properly. <laughs> kia Kia Hai Tune. Kia Kia Hai Tune. Perfect. Awesome. Okay, everybody look out for Kia Kia Te Hune. And um, please continue <laughs> you to… mess it up again. <laughs> Gosh, I'm so bad at this. No, it's um, all good, man. All good. I'm all trying, good. everybody. I'm trying. I'm going to give him a crash course in, in Korean. I'm getting one in Hindi or, or any something. I just need to learn something. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, Armand, thank you so much for the time um, and, and for joining us on the Tailbox show. Um, hopefully we do this in person very soon and best of luck sure, I'm, 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 we're going to talk later so I, I, I usually be like thanks so much for hanging out with us I'll see you next time when you have a single I'm like I'm going to text you right after this so it doesn't <laughs> um, awesome so everybody please go ahead and follow us from wherever you're listening to your podcast on Spotify, Apple, Google wherever it is you can check us out at the Dive Studios, all of your socials. And you can see the video of this at youtube.com slash dive studios or youtube.com slash dive pods. Now, we have one thing, a corner that we always ask our guests to do at the end. And if you could, on the spot, make up a very simple goodbye jingle, acapella, anything. Okay. Acapella? Okay. Yeah, whatever. Or you could do anything you want. It could just be like, blah, okay. blah, blah, goodbye. Okay. Um, what does debak mean? Can I, can I know what debak means? Debak means like awesome, jackpot, like cool, like that kind of thing. Okay. Oh, debak. Oh, debak. <laughs> hey! <laughs> All right. Well, Armand, thank you so much. I'll talk to you soon, brother. And uh, have a good night. See you, man. Get some rest. Love you, dude. See you soon, man. Bye. Bye. Outro! Thank you for listening to K-Pop Debug with Eric Knopf.